Hello, this is Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and you're listening to Conversations with Smart, Amazing Women. Each week, we bring you a woman who uses her talents to help other women succeed in work and in their lives. You know, I've enjoyed hearing these stories for more than 10 years, and I chose 19 of them to contribute to my earlier book, Leading Women, which is still available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and your area bookstores. Now, I'm excited to announce my new book, In This Together, How Successful Women Support Each Other in Work and Life. It just came out January 8, 2019. I'm so excited about this new book that I chose some of the amazing women who I quoted in in the book to talk about In This Together and about their own work on behalf of women. This week, I'm pleased to introduce Kathy Caprino. Kathy is a champion for working women who is dedicated to the advancement of women all over the world. She is a former corporate vice president and trained psychotherapist who specializes in career and executive coaching and is a sought-after speaker and writer on women's issues. She is featured and a contributor on women's careers, business, and leadership for Forbes, Huffington Post, Thrive Global, LinkedIn, and she and her TED Talks are just and keynotes are absolutely amazing. She is the founder and president of Alia Communications Incorporated and the Amazing Career Project online course and her Finding Brave podcast. All of Kathy's work supports women to build successful, rewarding careers of significance and reach their highest potential. Now, this is not my first time to talk with Kathy. We talked a few years ago on Conversations with Smart Amazing Women about her first book, Breakdown Breakthrough, The Professional Women's Guide to Claiming a Life of Passion, Power, and Purpose, which is still a great book and one that I highly recommend. I'm so grateful for her support of the book, In This Together, and very pleased again to welcome Kathy back to Conversations with Smart Amazing Women. Kathy, so glad to be speaking to you again. Thanks for being with me. Okay, well, Kathy, you're back and you're returning, and it's you're just you've just been busy and doing some wonderful things in the world for women at work and women's careers, and really supporting women and getting this gender bias that gender looking through this gender lens that we need to continue to look for women's leadership as far as gender equality. But welcome back. Oh, thank you, Nancy. I'm so grateful to be here. <laughs> And great well, to catch up with you. Holy cow, you're yeah, you're a busy, well, wonderful lady, aren't you? Well, we're we're kindred souls. I mean, we, we were chatting before I started recording, and and again, when I start when I start, you know, I was reading uh, your articles. I was re- going through your website, and I was reading your Forbes piece and your TED talks. Uh, we're on the same path. I mean, and I think that's the exciting thing about what we need to understand as women is that we continue to network. We, we're continuing to grow this community of amazing, smart women who are supporting and really lifting other women up. So, And you are one of those women. Oh, thank you for that. Right back at you. It's a beautiful oh, yeah. place to be, right? I mean, I <laughs> I haven't talked to you about this, but I've been in this in years of situations in the corporate world where uh, I didn't have a network, I didn't have a support community, yeah. I didn't have mentors, advisors, sponsors, ambassadors, and what a different place in life to be to feel the love and support of other women, right? Yeah, yeah. Now there's something something amazing happens when you find women who truly are supporting each other and really do care about 
you know, I, I've, I've been to places that before that nobody was networking, but then I've been to other places where people say, well, you know, how can I help you? Or how, let's, how can we work together? And you're almost like, oh, well, yeah. <laughs> it's almost like, right. you you're dumbstruck but... because it, it can be <laughs> feel so unusual. But thankfully, yeah. I think with your work, my work, everyone's work, it's not as unusual. It's going yeah. to be in the norm. Well, this this is definitely, I, and hopefully this next election we're going to break through the ultimate glass ceiling and have a woman who, you know, if women, you know, and I'll be, I'll tell you my bias real quick, I'll get it yeah, over. Yeah, If women, if we were basically in a leadership position where we could control healthcare, if we could could to control education, I mean, if we controlled the very basics that if we all started out on the same page we would not have the issues that we have today. We would not have them. And I think women, we've always been able to see the see the problems, see the issues. We see the big picture, but we also see the small details, what's necessary to solve problems. And so I'm, I'm really excited about this upcoming election. But to, anyway, what you know what I'm really it. excited about is you, you, Aww. because it, this is about you today. Tell us how you became the Kathy that I'm talking to today. Oh. How did you get here? How did you? How did? How did we? How did I get this opportunity to talk to you today? Oh, oh, thank you. I love that question. All right, I'll try to make it brief, but it's I think kind of an interesting story. So the 18-year corporate career was in corporate, and I did very well on the outside, but on the inside, I uh, you know wasn't successful. Right. But so now that's a long time ago. I'm 58, and. You know, Nancy, the challenges for women were not, it's amazing. Even 10 years ago when my book came out, Breakdown, Breakthrough, they were not in the national conversation. The world is so different now. But I was a vice president uh, in my last position, and there was everything you hear about but never think it's going to be you. Gender discrimination, sexual harassment, toxic colleagues, narcissistic bosses, which I know now Mm -hmm. a lot about. Um, Zero work-life integration or balance, chronic illness. It was a mess. But I really, I tried to get help. I went to a career counselor. None of it moved me forward. None of it explained what I was going no, through. There was nothing there for you. Nothing. The, the solutions were not there. And so I didn't take the right action for myself, stayed in that job, laid off after 9-11, like in a way that was so brutal that I, I didn't recover. I was, you know, flattened. In the therapist's office, I love this story because it, uh, I think it's helpful to people, um, crying the week after I was laid off. And he said, I know from where you sit, this is the worst crisis you've ever faced. From where I sit, it's the first moment you can choose who you want to be. Who do you Ooh. want to be yeah. in yeah. the world? But what I see, Nancy, with all the, the hundreds of women I work with privately every year, they can't answer that question. Yeah. Because if you could answer it, you'd start doing it. But we're so far right. away from ourselves and what we want. So all I blurted out was, I don't know, but I want to be you. And he said, what does that mean? And after an hour discussion, it was, he said, I think you'd make a great therapist. So I became a therapist. <laughs> but a marriage and family therapist, which turned my world upside down, and I'm so grateful for every minute of it. And it allowed yeah. me to sit with rape, incest, pedophilia, su- you know, suicidality, which is life-changing. But truthfully, it wasn't the end destination. I was studying as a coach at the time, and I found that when when I had on my calendar professional women who were depressed, I was mm-hmm. that was it. That was the sweet spot, who, who were stuck, who were lost, who were successful like me on the outside but broken on the inside in a way about, about their careers. And I, you know, I went with it. I went in that direction and became a career coach for women. And then in terms of bringing new solutions to the table – 
I interviewed 100 women across the country about what is professional crisis, why did you have it, and how did you overcome mm-hmm. it. And that was so, wow. That blew uh, blew away all my hypotheses. 50% of my hypotheses about professional crisis were wrong. Mm-hmm. And I wrote that book and um, really started to focus on mid- to high-level professional women and what is not working. I mean, when things are working, we don't need to yeah. intervene. It's but, when but things are the, not working, was, yeah, we've got to do something. The biggest thing, what was the biggest thing you found, though, that was really absolutely wrong when you started to talk about what the professional crises were all about? What was the biggest issue? Oh, um, well, there were 12 hidden crises I found. but um, <laughs> let's, let's, let's go for the big ones. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, well, can we, can we flash forward to now with, with the second yeah. book I have coming out? Because... I see it differently now. The power gaps. Um, yeah. So. Well, but let's talk about something first because I think this is really the key to to my premise, you know, and what I've been working with, and I've done all those interviews as well, and I continue to do all the podcasts for over ten years, yeah. is that women don't support one another. You know, I continue to hear this over and over again, and it really is kind of disappointing. It's what do I do about the mean woman at work? What do you know, I do about funny. the mean woman? I have a different perspective. Can I tell you? Uh-huh. I think there are mean women and there are lousy male leaders. Sure. But I think when you close your power gaps, they don't impact you as much. You move right. on. You boot sure. them out of your sphere. Sure. So Absolutely. I had some lousy female bosses who put their thumb on me in ways that men never did. But truthfully, one of them, I stayed under her for years. Well, if mm-hmm. you've closed your power gaps, if you're powerful, if you know this is a bunch of you-know-what, I'm done with this, you don't, it doesn't crush you in the same way. Right. So, Absolutely. you know, I've, I've written about why there, you know, the queen bee syndrome, why there are so many women that are not supportive of other women. I really, this is my belief. I don't believe we come out of the chute not supporting people. We we become that way because a lot of women in traditional corporate male-dominated scenarios have had to scrape so hard to be where they are. Right. They, Nobody they, helped them. Well, yeah. And they feel like there's not enough room at the top. Yeah. They're not and lifting so as they I feel go. it's a learned behavior. Well, I mean, again, it comes from uh, lots of other things, too, but you're right. Unless you really have models and sponsors yeah. and people and allies, it really is difficult to find different ways of doing things other than the models that you see, which, again, were often masculine, mas- masculine, aggressive, competitive models that really other other women in leadership positions didn't have. I mean, right. they, they didn't have that knowledge, but uh, – yeah, but you know, no, I agree with you. But I think what I was trying to get to also, which is most important, is getting past your fear. You call it bravery. Yeah. But I think that is the key. Is that support? You know, you've got to have. You've got to be brave. You've got to ask for what you want. Right. You've got to be ready to tell someone this is what I need and this is what right. I want from you. Right. And a part of that bravery is do your research, do your due diligence before you right. take a job. Interview five senior women there. Don't go into a job thinking, "Ugh, I got to take this. It seems like it's not, uh, it's not a supportive environment for women." Don't take it. Yeah. You know, start being brave. Understand what you're worth. 
Right. Now, sometimes you take something for a what year. You, what you believe you deserve, you know, right. the de- deserving part is so, is key. This is what I deserve. I deserve the best. Women right. go, oh, oh, you know, I've got to get two MBAs, and I've got to get a couple of uh, years of experience for, before I could possibly do this uh, job. You know what right. I mean? That's it. I agree with you. The research I, I read shows that when there's a promotion available, uh, women will only go for it when – you know, they feel they have 100% of the qualifications, mm-hmm. and men will go mm-hmm. for it when they have 50%. That's what we need to do. I mean, and there's a lot written on when well, we have, isn't see a job. It, yeah, and everything's on, on the job training. Women don't think right. about that. No. Any job that you go into, you're, you have a grace period of learning. That's and it. And you get to ask what you you get to ask what other people what know and how they can help you and vice versa. That's right. And the other stat, which is so interesting, 57% of men right out of school negotiate their very first work salary, while only 7% of women do. All of this has to change. So, you know, Nancy, you and I know change happens on a lot of levels, individual, institutional, organizational, cultural, societal. My world is helping individual women step up, and, and that's where... That's where I'm happiest, but, you know, one to many. I love to do that in courses or speaking. But first we have to own, you know, we have to own the destiny here. We have to do what's required. Here's what you wrote in Forbes, and I really like this, so I'm going to quote you. In Forbes, you said, a woman is perceived at 35% less confident when she is judged as being forceful compared to 22% drop for a forceful man. Perceived worth also dropped Although assertive women lost more than twice as much value as men, isn't that part of it? Is how society views women, how yeah. we how we go into situations. You know, I've been called the B word. I don't know about you, yeah, but I've been course. called. I've been for called the same behavior our male colleagues are getting promoted for. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, in the in my book, in this together, and I'm not. Good, I, I want to just draw, jump over there for a minute. It's. Yeah. But there really are. A, there is a growing group of women and men like you and you you and me who are understanding that when we work together anything is possible we can right. we can do anything but we first have to ask for what we want but we right. have to and be clear what we want yes and that's one of the power gaps that I want to talk about but I do want to be really clear is there gender bias yes is there yes. age bias that's harder for women than for men yes Yes. Um, are are we getting uh, punished for being forceful and assertive? Yes. But what I try to help coach women to do is we can't just fall back and collapse at right. that. We have to come forward. And, and also men are important in this revolution. Absolutely. We can't just do it ourselves. We have to find the men, and I've interviewed a few of them on my podcast that just literally bring tears to my eyes. They're so evolved. They're so amazing. And they know that men need this gender revolution, is um, equality revolution as well. Oh, yeah. So it's, yeah. Not, it's not that I'm saying we don't have uh, challenges that, that are pushing against us. It's that we need to open our eyes and understand how to navigate through those and get right. to the other side. Would you agree but one, with that? one of the things that also, I mean, that's important, I guess, is for women to understand their biases towards themselves yeah. and other women. And I think that sometimes is is a discussion that when you really start to talk to other women about how they feel, sometimes we block our own progress because, again, go goes back to the deserving part or yes. the competence part and or, 
you know, the experience part that we we deny ourselves, as you talk about one of the power, power gaps is uh, not recognizing our talents. You know, it's like taking – how many women have you have you said, boy, you really did a great job. You know, that was amazing what you said and did. And you go, oh, it was – and women will go, oh, that was nothing. You know, oh, that's nothing. And, you know. and more to that point, I've seen this. Literally 90% of the women who come to work with me, and they're mid- to high-level professional women mm-hmm. who have success but want a different, more rewarding, purposeful, impactful experience – they cannot answer the question. I send them a, my career path assessment, which is uh-huh. 11, question, 11 pages of questions I wish someone had asked me 30 years ago. Okay. They cannot answer the question, how are you special? What are your talents? Wow. What stands you apart? Wow. They either leave it blank wow. or they write something so vague and watered down. And they yeah. in my courses they say, I... I don't really think that I am special. Every human is special. Every woman has, every person has a special amalgam of talents and gifts and skills and perspective and history and traumas and tribulations and, you know, that make them, make them special. So that's the first thing. If you don't even understand how you're different from other people, how you're special. Yeah. I was, uh, I was talking with some attorneys that was talking about uh, leadership. With uh, there were 50 women attorneys in the room. There were some men around the edges of the of the, the group of women. But I asked the question, "How many of you feel powerful?" And I thought, you know, this group of women attorneys, everyone should probably be raising their hand. Only two women raised their hands. You stop and you think about it. Here are women who have gone through the legal process, debating. And, uh, you know, this is a tough field for women. You know, it's a tough field. But only two women raise their hand. And that's when you start to think, you know, we got some work to do. We definitely still have some work to do. But if if all those women had, yeah, but if all those women had raised their hand and gone out in the world that day, you know, they would have made, (laughs) you know, you just go, come on, guys. Come on, women. What's, What's going on here? Yeah. Well, that's a fantastic question. And, you know, I've seen two things happen. I think some of them probably did feel powerful, but they don't want to raise their hand and yeah, show that. Yeah, yeah. Number two, you know what women say to me? I don't want, I, you know, I have a big following, 900,000 something on LinkedIn, and I post things a lot. And I mm-hmm. said, uh, you know, talking about power, that women need power, and bravery is the path to power. Several women wrote, no, I don't want power. Uh, power is abused. I want influence, blah, blah, blah. So I wrote back, I hear what you're saying, but power in and of itself is not negative. It's yeah, how absolutely. you wield your power. So no, to shun power, you are, you're accepting weakness. Yeah. You're accepting, you know, no. Well, women, women, as you said, women get confused over the power over versus the power to. Right. And, right. and so when you Beautiful. talk about when you say, and I think that's part of it, people, when you say power or powerful, they go, oh, power over. That means I'm going to be dominating people. Right. But but when it's power to, to accomplish right. your goals, to accomplish the, and to make your dreams come true, you have that power. And you were born with that power. And isn't that interesting what women hear? Yes. You know, what they hear. But I don't think men, if they hear the word power, they just go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. The, Give me more. Question. I love That's it. Right. I, I eat it up for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Give me more. Give me more. <laughs> There's another thing I want to bring up that, that I hope is helpful. B 
because I'm a a trained therapist, I no longer do therapy, I have a therapeutic lens. And you know what I've seen, Nancy, that has blown me away, and it's going to be chapter one of my new book. You are what your childhood taught you to be. Unless you have healed and learned it, uh, unlearned it, and you, Mm -hmm. you know what's crazy? When I'm in a course teaching 20 or 50 people, I would say it might be as many as 50 percent of those women who are coming because they have a challenge in some way at work have had a narcissistic experience in their childhood. Mm -hmm. 50 Mm percent. Now they say that about 10 percent of the population might have narcissistic personality disorder. Well, imagine the adult number of adult children of narcissists if 10% of our population have narcissistic personality disorder. But what these women display, and when they talk, I can see it in three minutes. They cannot speak up for themselves. They don't know their worth. It's scary to assert their power. All of it was not allowed when you have a narcissistic parent. Sure. So they're not, um, they can never be the center of focus. The focus, never. attention is always directed in only one direction. That's right. You know, but but again, I I was very lucky. I don't know about you, but growing up, I was lucky mm-hmm. that I had two grandmothers who were extremely mm-hmm. accomplished in their in their own rights as far as women and also in the business world. Mm-hmm. And my mother was a, a million dollar sales real estate agent sales agent in Washington DC. So I learned wow. and I had women who I could model myself after and had support of. And I think that's part of it too. If you have someone along the way who has supported you, you've got at least a face some recognition because sometimes that's all it takes. But again, what you're talking about, if you have narcissistic people in your life, there is no one going to support you. No, and and worse, it's a life or death situation for you that you better not shine. Yeah. Or your parents, your narcissistic parent, demands that you shine because that feeds his or her wound. Sure. So, oh, but I want to I want to share with you this. I had a ton of support in my childhood. That said, my mom was a stay-at-home mom, and that was her world. Number mm-hmm. two. They were children of immigrants, so they were conservative and in some ways controlling. And number three, I felt like unconsciously I was the son my father didn't have. He, you know, he had two girls, my sister and I. Mm-hmm. And I, in some ways, have more male traits than than many girls, you know, my age who grew up, you know, in my generation. I was like his son, but I got to tell you the problem with that is he was a GE guy for 30 years and he loved it and I just through osmosis believed that my pathway to joy should be a big corporate company mm-hmm. so uh, what I want to tell people is you are getting so many you have gotten so many messages from your childhood that seemed maybe healthy or or helpful but may not be so the truth is I never liked corporate life not from the day mm-hmm. I was in it. And I didn't mm-hmm. understand why. Why did Dad love it so much? Why do I hate it? Why do I hate it, Nancy? Because I really should have had my own business. I like yeah. running my own business. I like <laughs> choosing who I partner with. I like having the yeah. power to say yes or no. Um, wow. So, you know, working under the thumb of people that I – have you ever sat in a meeting and it's leaders and you're thinking, Really? Is this this is who I'm taking the lead from? Yeah. 
So sometimes the messages we got, even though they felt supportive, are not helping us today. Yeah, and you become the people you spend time with too. So it's that I love the saying: "It's to be yourself because everybody else is taken." I love that. (laughs) Be yourself; everybody else is taken. But I think in that that sentence is the hard thing: Who is myself? Right. Who am I? Who am I? And and what do I want? And what do I need? What's going to make me? make me fully, you know, you talk about dreams, you know, the power, the, closing the seven power gaps and how finding brave is the pathway to that. I mean, I think they're, they're wonderful, uh, you know, reminders. I mean, I think that's sometimes what, when I, when I talk with women, I especially talk about reminders because I think women are very, very smart, but sometimes we forget, we forget yeah. the most important things. And it really comes back to who we are and what we, what we need and what we want. And and having permission to to have those things. And the reason I love what you've just said and love my work, and again, I think it stems from a therapeutic training. For every woman I work with, honoring who you are is not an overnight thing. It requires peeling so many layers. And, And for a lot of people, for instance, I hope this is helpful to people, who I was at 18 what my talents were, I didn't recognize his talents, so they went underground. I am a writer. I am creative. I'm a singer. I love to be on stage. I was uh, psychologically oriented. People would come to me, boys and girls, at 16 and ask me life advice, and I'd tell my mom, mm-hmm. why are they coming to me? I'm 16. Mm-hmm. I was then who I am today, but it took me 30 years in between to build a career with those natural talents. So, you know, if women are listening here and they're struggling, like, well, I think I know who I am, but why am I so unhappy? Well, you probably don't really know who you are yet. There's work mm-hmm. to be done to uncover that. Yeah. Well, there's always a new chapter, too. You know, I, I, I plan on, I, I think uh, I've gone, I've reinvented myself probably at least four or five times, and I, I assume I'm probably going to reinvent myself again, you know. So so I think I think that's the other thing is is that, Sometimes it's easy to see is the ha- is the glass half full or is it half empty, and and it's a lifelong learning process to determine who you know to figure out who we are. Right, and, and uh, we change. You know, I, I, you know I, I'm a I'm a psychologist and I watch that journey as well. But my journey is is key to everyday learning. I mean, I, I don't I don't I know I don't. In fact, the more I know, the less I know. The more I know that I don't know. <laughs> that I don't know. <laughs> oh, I love that. I feel the same way. Even doing your radio show and podcast, when I'm when I'm talking to these, you know, best selling authors and influencers, I, I I'm writing down what I don't know. Like, oh boy. Yeah. Oh, holy cow. You know, I've got to read this. I've got to explore this. Boy, I'd like to research this. And that's so enlivening, you know. Sure. That would have probably made me very nervous and upset twenty years ago. Oh, you don't know anything. <laughs> now it's so fun. Right? Yeah, it is. It is. And people that that don't want to do, you know, people that talk about the the R word, I, I can't wait to do nothing. I go, well, don't take my, don't take any of my oxygen because I need it. I've got too much to do and I need it. So, you know, I mean, that t- today, I mean, today is a challenge, but today is an opportunity. I think that's the exciting part. You know, you're you're going to get off the phone, and what are you going to do when you get off the phone today? What are you going to do? I let's have, let's just. I, oh, I've got a Forbes post to write. I've got okay. to finish, uh, uh, you know, 
fine-tuning a few of the chapters that are due very soon. I have a client meeting. And what else? And I have a singing rehearsal tonight. There you go. There we go. That's my afternoon. And and that's that's the way life is. You can fill it with the most amazing things if you choose to. You know, do you mind if I read a quote from you put in the book supporting it? Because, because again, we're all in this together. That's mm-hmm. what I, that's what that's why I'm doing what I'm doing because mm-hmm. I'm build, uh, We're all building this community of like-minded people. It says Dr. O'Reilly's important book shows us how we can grow in our own capabilities and leadership, while at the same time building an empowering culture of mutual respect and support so that we can all work together and reach our highest potential. And from what you described today, your highest potential, I think you're you're reaching for just today alone. Oh, you know? thank you. That's beautiful. I mean, you know, what, what would we say our high? What's your highest potential? What do you strive for, Nancy? <laughs> well, when I leave here, I'm going to go ride. I, I am an, I've become an equestrian. No way. Uh, I bought a, an equestrian center in September where all my horses were. I bought it from my trainers. So now I show, I drive, uh, I, I, sh- I show country, English, and park, and I drive English and country, and I'm breeding horses, Arabians. So, oh. yes, that is my that is my next chapter. But what I also want to do is use horses for women's leadership. Because I cannot believe you're saying this, chapter. Nancy. Can I tell what? you why? You, you're going to be able to answer my longing. In the past, I would say six months, I have the deepest longing to be with horses. And I've ridden horses only three times in my life, and I was scared to death. I don't know anything <laughs> about horses. But they come to me in meditations. They speak to yeah, me, their well, beauty, their vulnerability, very, their strength. What are you what spiritual. are you doing with horses in leadership? What what um right now the I'm learning I'm learning to really show into uh the I'm learning more about the equestrian roles. I'm not ready to use the leadership component other than how it you know, I I think for me being a a late rider and what I'm doing with horses is, is my model. And I've done articles uh regarding why I'm involved with horses. You know, horses have saved my life. Sometimes it can be extremely scary getting and showing the horses in a, in a class, you know, a major class in a national horse show. I mean, but, you know, every time I do it, it just builds more confidence. And and the horses, I, I absolutely love them. Yeah, and I love the people that love horses. In fact, the logo for Southern California Equestrian Center is a place for people who love horses. That's me. I got to go zip up, zip up across the country. I love horses so much uh, that, you know, I was even thinking, could I do a healing program with women to, you know, heal what's what they feel? Absolutely. Absolutely. They're doing it. They're doing it I've got chills. See, there's another thing I want to... Oh my gosh! Yeah. Aren't you lucky? As you, as you said, there's so many people that are afraid of horses, but horses are the biggest babies of of, of the animal kingdom. They're uh, they have in their so DNA sensitive. has been so many predators are are built in that they can see things miles away. They can feel things. They can hear things that only they can feel. So oh. they know exactly how you're feeling too. When you get on a horse, they know how you feel. They know have exactly you, have how you, you feel. Have seen that wonderful documentary about Buck? Buck, what's his name? The, the yes. true horse yes. whisperer. I yes. cry. Yes. That, that man knows what they're feeling and has oh, yeah. abused himself. And oh, so yeah. interesting. When he, he talks about he talks about the joining. Oh, you have to right. join. You join the herd. 
But every day with the horses, they have to re- redefine the pecking order, and it's wow. always about joining. And so, you know, you have, you have, but I have to be the lead mare with my horses. I'm the lead mare. You're the lead. I'm well, the lead mare. Go. Lead mare. <laughs> so that's good for leadership. I can't wait to hear more and sh- and spread the word of all your amazing work well, uh, with you, horses it's as Southern, well as Southern with California women. Equestrian Center. Just check out that website. But I love it. Kathy, how can we learn more about what you're doing? I know you've got a new book coming out in a few months. Uh, mm-hmm. Isn't that right? It's coming out in 2020 with HarperCollins Leadership and, you know, tentatively titled, they, we change titles a lot, uh, you know, Closing Your Power Gaps. Uh, and yeah. so stay tuned. But the best way to check me out is kathycaprino.com and my uh, Finding Brave podcast, which is findingbrave.org. And you can also check out my uh, Career Bliss blog on Forbes where I'm interviewing just true movers and shakers and very yeah. evolved individuals who are making an impact and, and uplifting all of us as, as they go. So that's my world. And, and I really like uh, you asking for people to give give uh, their stories, to, to, to share their stories about bravery. You know, one of, the, one of my favorite things are true story, or watching movies with true stories, but they're always the stories that they start out with controversy, they start out with trauma, but they also end with, you know, success. Right. You know, and achievement, and and you know, those always make me feel so good. They make me oh, feel so good. But uh, I, I that... couldn't agree more. And I would say to everyone listening, it it doesn't have to be that what people think this massive change. I have to throw out my no. entire career. I no. have to pivot. To... Small, it's in the small. micro steps that are brave. The thing that would make you say, if I can do that, uh, I'm really proud of myself today. Yeah. It's just that. Yeah, it's you, just that. you start out with small steps, and then you right. add. That's it. Do something today that you've that you've just been really uncomfortable. You know, I, this is what I say: women need to get used to being uncomfortable. That's right. We need to learn to understand that not everybody's going to like us. Get over the likability quotient, but learn to be uncomfortable. Become comfortable with being uncomfortable oh, because boy. that's how we continue to grow as well. Couldn't agree you know, everything more. that we do is not going to be a piece of cake. No. In fact, you know, for me, if it's not a challenge sometimes, it's like, well, you know, and why am I doing this? Why right. am I doing this? Right. And it's So today it's, we're going to grow. We're going to keep growing. I love it. I love it, Nancy. I love your work. Thank you for your wonderful book. In I love together. your work. We're, we're on the same path. That we sure are. And if I can help you in any way, let me know. Keep me posted about those horses. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, I know we'll be talking again, and when the new books come, come out, give us a holler, and we will talk about that again. The power gaps, again, we, we need to understand that we are deserving, we're special, and we've, we were born with this power to be amazing people. So Amen. let's keep that. growing. Thank you. Nancy. Have a wonderful day, Kathy. Thank Thanks. you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.